Welcome, this is Lou Guadagnino. And this is Marilyn Guadagnino. Welcome to the Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the edge of America. And today is Independence Day. So happy 4th of July, everyone. Um, It's nice to have a day off. And so we wanted to spend some time with you this morning. So, Lou... What does Independence Day mean to you? What do you think about? What does Independence Day mean to me? Mac salad. Mac salad. Mac salad. Plenty of Mac salad. <laughs> you know, obviously, it's the day where, uh, we proclaimed our Declaration of Freedom from Britain. Yes, it's true. And your Mac salad is exceptionally good, I might add. Well, thank you. You know, it's very important to me to have the right food on the 4th of July because I really, you know, I just don't think the 4th of July is the 4th of July. A lot of people, it's the fireworks for me. It's the food. Well, what else? What else besides Mac salad do you like? I like anything that people serve on 4th of July. It's all picnic food. And I'm good with just about all picnic food from German salad to ribs to beans, to mac salad, on and on, hot dogs, burgers, anything you can throw at me. Well, if you had a choice, hamburger, hot dog, chicken, sausage, ribs, which would you go for first? Well, let me actually turn that around on you. I'll tell you what I would not have. I would not have the ribs, and it's not because I don't love ribs. I do love ribs. But once I eat those ribs, I'm mm. not going to be able to eat anything else, and I'm going to fall asleep. You're comatose. Yeah. Yep. Get, throw some potato yep. salad on that plate, and I'm going. <laughs> It's the pork fat. You're, you're going to find me someplace on, in shade someplace near a creek if possible asleep. That's what's happening. So no no ribs. So I guess I, I my usual is one hot, one hamburger, hamburger and um, and then, you know, as many sides as I can possibly get in. And of course, there's the beer. <laughs> exactly. Now, you discovered some hot dogs that you were telling me you absolutely love from Wegmans. It's nitrate free. Yes, this is a plug for Wegmans. Uh, if you're out there listening, Wegmans. Um, yes, one of the big dangers, big dangers uh, of eating hot dogs is the nitrates. All processed meats, very bad. As a matter of fact, we're finding out now that they're probably as bad for you as smoking cigarettes. So mm-hmm. now we're finally seeing a push from small farms and stuff. Um, where they're get, making hot dogs without preservatives in them. Wegmans has the Franks, and um, they don't have any nitrates in them, and they're killer. They're really great. They're mm-hmm. not, it's not just that there's no nitrates. They taste amazing. All right. So if you haven't tried them, try them. And in terms of burgers, um, both of us enjoy a good burger, but if we at times go through our vegetarian and vegan phases, we've done vegetarian for um periods of time and one of our favorites is the meat lovers by morningstar farms those are killers yeah that, that's amazing people people poopa um veggie burgers a lot and i get that i understand why they do a lot of them are just rock hard dry hockey puck kind of things <laughs> and but this is not um morning morningstar farms. Morning farms their meat lover one is really it does taste a lot like me. You got to try it. In fact, I told a coworker, and she told me, I just saw her yesterday. She said, Marilyn, you've been telling me about those meat lovers. And I finally broke down and got them. She said, they are unbelievable. They are. She said, they taste exactly like meat and they look like meat and they cook like meat. It's, but they're completely vegetarian. And one of the things I learned about them is because there's different ways that people eat burgers. You know, there's what I call the California style, which is really popular now. You know, there's lettuce, tomato, you know, some kind of dressing on it 
mushrooms, bacon, whatever. And then there's the more grilled style, which is just, you know, the way I grew up with it, which is basically a grilled burger with mustard, relish, ketchup, whatever you want on top of it. And um, the one thing I've noticed about the Morningstar uh, veggie burgers, the meat lover burgers, is if you make it like a McDonald's hamburger, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's killer. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could make like a Big Mac, and I'll bet you nobody would have any idea that that was not real meat. That's right. And it's easy to remember what's on a Big Mac, because I remember the commercial. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yeah, you did. That's very good. Well, Big Macs came out... 30 years ago. The Big Mac came out when I was a kid. All right, I'm dating myself here, but I remember my first Big Mac. It was a big deal. It was like you went to McDonald's, and there weren't... McDonald's was just getting big in the 70s, and... um, I remember my first Big Mac, and it was so good. And I still, you know, they're, I don't eat them very often. They're kind of our road trip food. If we take a road trip, we usually stop at McDonald's and get a Big Mac, and that's the only time I have them, for the most part. Sometimes yeah. we'll just go and we'll get well, one down they're the not street. good for you, let's face it. No, they're not, but there's just, yeah. But to make a veggie Big Mac at home is actually quite easy. I don't remember the first time I had a McDonald's burger because, or any kind of fast food burger, because my family never went to fast food restaurants. So I don't even remember when I had my first one. Mm. Well, long back. Anyway, but but anyway, no. One more thing. Sorry, I'm kind of passionate about this. The special sauce on a Big Mac is basically Thousand Island dressing. I was going to say, what's so special? And we, you know, we work. I still work with, and you, when you worked at um, at our former place before you retired, we work with the guy whose family created Thousand Island dressing. Yes, that's true. His grandmother made it in the Thousand Islands, and um, his name is Joe. Hi, Joe. Uh, hi, Joe. And <laughs> um, and his grandmother is uh, the person who made Thousand Island dressing, and she made it for the. They were having lunch on these boats. Yes, and then she created it as part of their menu and it just spread like wildfire. Yeah, I think the story was somebody who worked at or went to the Waldorf in New York City was in the Thousand Islands on vacation and he tried her dressing wherever he was and he loved it so much he took it back to the Waldorf in New York and that's how it started. Yeah, that's just great. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Yeah, I love love stories like that. So so anyway. So let, let me ask you a question. When you were young, what did your family do for... For Fourth of July. Um, well, we would always we we would always go see fireworks. That was a definite, and we would also during the day. Dad would have a cookout. He would um, grill something because we didn't. I didn't come from a family that grilled a whole lot. We only grilled if it was a special holiday, or like if there was a special party, like a graduation or something like that. But um, but it was it, it was a big deal, and he he usually would grill in the back. I guess it was burgers, um, burgers or hot dogs, something simple, you know. So we would hang out, we would grill, we would have, um, you know, the, the the usual picnic food. And then in the evening, we would always go to see the fireworks. We'd usually like park in a, I remember parking, it was like a Sears parking lot. <laughs> and um, you'd be able to see it from there. From I was I grew up in New Jersey, so it's, you know, it's all suburbs and you there weren't like big, parks and fields you could go to to see them so you'd go to like store parking lots to park and see the fireworks but that's my favorite thing about fourth of july is fireworks i just love to look at fireworks because you know we in getting in 
just for a second into the mindfulness. It's a completely mindful experience when you watch fireworks. All you, you stare up at the sky and you're very alert and you don't know when the next burst is going to happen. And you don't know really what color the next burst is, but you're just completely mesmerized by the sky and you just stare at it. And then so, so you're alert and you're completely in the moment. And then everything you see is filled with different colors and shapes. And, and it's, you know, there's even the sound which is sometimes a little jarring because it's a little loud. Actually, you know, that it's very interesting that you say that because it's there's fireworks do cause a problem for two particular groups of species in this world. One is dogs. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, uh, the dog next door lady who was just this beautiful German shepherd ran away for days Aww. because, yeah, and Aww. yeah, it was really sad. And another dog in our neighborhood actually went and found her and brought her back. It was almost like a Disney story. And the other thing is, um, especially soldiers with PTSDs, sometimes it's very hard for them to to have the fireworks. Yeah. and very jarring for people with PTSD. So although they're a joy for most of us, for some people and some animals, it's not such a great thing. Yeah, yeah, they should pass out earplugs or something. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. people that can't take it because there's a lot of people that can't take the sound but um but I do like to look at it but um but I won't be seeing them tonight because uh, I got to go back to work tomorrow so um yeah I'm gonna skip them tonight but gonna skip them you don't mm, want to go down and see them okay eh, eh, I'll skip them tonight yeah, right. <laughs> so this is a big year I mean this, this there's all this political turmoil going on um President Trump is bringing in tanks and military equipment we're mm-hmm. starting to look a, a lot like North Korea and and mm-hmm. uh, and Moscow, mm-hmm. and you know, I guess the show of arms. And mm-hmm. then there's other. Some people think that's great patriotic thing to do, and there's mm-hmm. other people who feel that's it's a ominous, horrible sign. Mm-hmm. And um, and so this is going to be a big year. I mean, this is just mm-hmm. a huge. And then we've got a presidential election coming up next year, and and so this is going to be a very interesting Fourth of July. It is, and it it begs to contemplate what really what is independence, what really is independence, and if it's really possible. Well, that's a good question, because I, I do wonder that. I've thought about this, because usually you say independence is what? It's, it's autonomous. You know, we're, we're, we have autonomy. We can independently do what we want or whatever. But then when you really investigate, nobody really does anything on their own. Mm. No, you, you, we, are, we are definitely interdependent on other things, people, everything. Right. You really cannot live completely alone. right. You know, well, the, even the people that, let's say somebody goes off into the woods and they just want to live in the woods by themselves and just go live off the, the grid. Right, go off the grid. They still are interdependent on right. the animals yes. and plants and, plants and oxygen, all of that. All of us are very, very interdependent. Mm-hmm. And so in some, I mean, we're celebrating our independence from Britain, but that's a very... It's a very significant thing that happened historically, but at the same time, we're not really independent. I mean, we're, we're, we need the world economy. We need a lot of things. So uh, I do sometimes ask myself, what is freedom? And to be quite honest with you, I've never been able to come up with an answer that, that satisfied me. It's even the same for if you yourself are looking to be a more independent person. Like, let's say... A person's been very dependent on others, too much so, and their goal is to become more independent. 
even in that case, you can only go so far on that. It, it, there's like a trajectory. You can only take that so far. And then you, you have to be dependent on others. Yeah. You, you, you just cannot be completely independent. It's, an, it's really, truly impossible. Right. Well, just the whole, the entire modern idea of networking and social media and networking through social media, you know, that's interdependence. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and think about how dependent we are on information that other people have that we don't have, either whether it's your doctor or somebody who comes in to do work on your home or whatever it is. I mean, we really are, no man is an island, as they say, and and it seems that that's very, very true. Mm-hmm. And if somebody chooses to live completely by themselves, and I work with people that tell me that is their choice. They don't want friends. They don't want family. They just want to live on their own and they're happy being alone. The truth is they're not even in that situation really on their own because they come in, they come into therapy. That's, you know, that's where they talk about this or they come in to see their doctor or they come, they have to go to the grocery store and then they're going to end up talking to the cashier, you know? So, so even in that situation, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's, I think it's a very different idea. Independence is very different than we usually think about it, for sure. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be, like I said, this is going to be a big year. I think I'm um, very excited to find out what's what's about to happen right now. We're in a very unusual situation in our country, and um, and we're certainly politically polarized in our country and it's just it's fascinating to me it's really a fascinating process that we're going through and personally i think the first thing everybody's got to do you know everybody who says that they want us to have a better relationship uh you know stop being so polarized get congress to do things together the first thing we all got to do is stop being angry at each other mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. simple thing it sounds like very simple but as long as we're angry at the so-called other side, whoever that may be, I, I can't imagine how we're going to come together as a country. And it's very important that we do. And it's certainly horrible for our nervous systems. Yeah, the whole the whole anger issue is based on who's right. If you really think about it, anytime anger is experienced, it has to do with who's right and who's wrong. And I'm right, and you don't understand. My point is is correct, and and that's what that's what fuels all this anger when it comes to politics. And I think the first step would be to to loosen up that tight grip on right and wrong, and just be open to different perspectives, and just be willing to hear all sides without all of a sudden jumping in there and getting very fueled with fighting for a certain opinion, but just be more flexible and open to listening. To I people. think that's one thing that we have problems with in this country. Mm-hmm. We don't understand that there is not an ultimate reality, that there's not an ultimate perspective of reality. Um, and if there is, we certainly can't find it through our senses and our mind. Um, you know, because whatever ultimate reality is, it's way beyond our perception to be able to understand. And we don't think about that a lot. Here's what I think happens. Okay, let's just use the left and the right, those terms, mm-hmm. okay, instead mm-hmm. of conservative and liberal, which I can't stand to hear. So let's just say the left and the right. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what I think actually happens. So the left believes that they're completely right, mm-hmm. and they think the right is wrong, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And then they start arguing. Okay, and each one, whenever you argue, if you notice this in your own mind, when you argue with somebody, your your thoughts, your ideas, your perspective becomes more and more 
concrete. Mm-hmm. It becomes crystallized because mm-hmm. you're trying to make your point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make their point mm-hmm. on the other side and they're becoming more concrete, more crystallized in their own perception. And then people start exaggerating. Okay. Because they want to win the argument mm-hmm. and, and they become more and more extreme. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon they're really expressing their emotions. They're not expressing valuable ideas That's anymore. Right. That's anymore. Right. So there's a lot of people, for instance, in my opinion, that are not really expressing a accurate, helpful idea as much as they're expressing their anger mm-hmm. at other people. Mm-hmm. And I think we really mix that up. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. really forget that that's not passion. Mm-hmm. That's not patriotism. It's not even smart. It's just what people do in the heat of an argument. Mm-hmm. That's that's so true. And that's exactly what happens. And it's, it's a misunderstanding that belief is not always reality in fact it actually is not reality because if you what's the opposite of belief it's the experience of something so if you're experiencing water on your hand that's cold you will feel the the coldness on your hand there's no denying it you can't you can't say that i believe that my hand's dry (laughs) because your hand's wet and it has cool water on it but you know People get stuck in their beliefs and they may have nothing to do with reality at all. I mean, think about like back, at, we just recently were down at Charlotte Pier area by the Port of Rochester and they had that replica of the boat come in that Christopher Columbus came on. And um, we were looking at this boat and we're, I was contemplating how amazing it was when they came over and didn't even know America was here. They're out in the middle of the ocean in this wooden boat and looking at the boat. And, and you know, it wasn't too f- long ago that people thought the earth was flat. And this was a belief system. There was no reality to it. But they felt so strongly that the earth was flat. So right. that's a. it sounds like an archaic example, but it really isn't that much different than what's going on right, in, now. right now with people's beliefs about w- what they think politically and you you have to look at the reality and the experience of life as part of the bigger picture. Yeah, that you know actually that's a really great uh, analogy. Is is right now politically is that we're looking towards our future and we we see the horizon and we don't know what's on the other side of the horizon mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everybody's arguing about what's on the other side of the horizon. But the truth is nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the greatest things about our country, in my opinion, has been our ability to compromise and our ability to be flexible. I think actually that's why America became so successful was our ability to adapt. Mm-hmm. We were able to adapt. And the more we polarize, the less we can adapt. Mm-hmm. And that's and what you're saying about experience is really important to me because, as you know, I love meditation. Mm-hmm. And uh, mindfulness is exactly what you were just saying. And I don't think most people understand that. They don't get that. Um, Mindfulness is not clinging to any beliefs. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to have thoughts in your mind, but those thoughts you let pass. Mm -hmm. And you don't cling to them whatsoever. You don't cling to any thought. You don't cling to any belief whatsoever. That's really what mindfulness is in its essence. And what you wind up doing is what you say, experiencing life rather than thinking about life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think um, one of the reasons mindfulness is so helpful to to us in our time. 
So it must be confusing if for, for those of you out there that are practicing mindfulness, but you also are politically active. How do you bring those two together? If everything is experience and not thought, but you do want to make the right decision about like who to vote for, that might be a confusing thing oh, sure. for someone. Well, absolutely. So, I mean, my take on it, and then Lou, you could share your take on it. And my take is that if you really practice experiencing your life and you know what about your life is challenging and what about your life is is enjoyable and pleasing and the challenging parts that you would like to make better, you will just obviously know the right candidate to help with that will be um, the proper choice. It's not that you have to hold on to a strong belief about it. It's just just look at your life, experience your life, and you will naturally know what you need help with and what you don't. So that's my take on it. But what do you think? How do people who how do people get around belief versus experience? Well, it's really difficult because the, the I mean the general answer you're going to get from most mindfulness practitioners, especially if they come from the Buddhist tradition where mindfulness comes from, um, the answer is compassion. But then you have to be careful. Most people I don't think understand that the Buddhists are not clinging to any particular concept of compassion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that happens when these wonderful Eastern traditions come into the United States because then us Westerners get a hold on it and we, gotta, we've, we need to create a committee to decide what <laughs> compassion is. And then we start arguing about what the most compassionate response is. Right, right. And that's not what Buddha was talking about. I'm absolutely certain of that. And it's not what Buddhism taught and it's really not mindfulness. But to get back to your general question, there isn't an answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There isn't an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's that old uh, beat saying, I believe it was uh, created by uh, Allen Ginsberg, I believe, first thought, best thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and mm-hmm. that, to me, is the real mindful way of doing things. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, you know, I don't have to come up with a belief system and a rationale for who I'm voting for. I got to make sure my heart is right. Mm-hmm. And then I do whatever I do at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, I don't have to project this idea of who Lou Guadagnino is and what he believes and what he mm-hmm. thinks and what he's for and what he's against mm-hmm. and then be consistent with that. To me, that's the opposite of mindfulness. That's true. It all is really, it boils down to intuition and to open up your intuition, the less you're attached to your thinking mind and really holding on to strong beliefs, the more you, you rest your mind, the more your intuition will start flowing through and your intuition will tell you what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to remember, nothing is, everything is kind of like science. You know, once upon a time, they thought the atom was the most smallest particle, and it was solid, and it was definite. And we, we no one thinks that way anymore about the atom. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true about truth. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what you do, um, you could say President A is the worst president that we ever had. But there's probably some things that president did that were good. Mm-hmm. And then you can say some other president was the greatest president we ever have. And we all know in our hearts that there were probably some things they didn't do well. That's right. So we really need, to, in other words, to be compassionate, truly compassionate. We need to not get stuck anywhere in our heads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the intuition I was referring to is also that's inspiration. That's creativity. That's where where all of that flows from. You know, you think about 
artists to me are a wonderful example of this. If you have an amazing painter, I, I would bet any amount of money that painter didn't like sit down and write down what they were going to paint and what colors they were going to use and what and how long they were going to use that shade of blue until they were going to switch to the next shade of blue or whatever. They just, they do it all by their creativity and it's, it just flows. The, the palette's there and it just flows. And their thinking mind is disengaged. It's just flowing the inspiration through. And I think all great art is that way. Music's that way, dance is that way. And, and I think we can learn from art and start using that model that system in our everyday life to make decisions yeah yeah and it's it's to get back into to that into independence day i think that's something that we can do is that we can understand that our independence is relative mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know we're not really you know independent america is not really independent nobody's really independent mm-hmm. but at the same time independence is a good idea mm-hmm so ideas can be used as tools, kind of like paint mm-hmm. or musical instruments, mm-hmm. but they make a, a better collaboration than they do um, a doctrine or a belief system that we cling to. And to me, that's true freedom. If you're really stuck with your belief system, you do not have true personal freedom. You're a, you're a prisoner to your mind. <laughs> so. It's true. You know, I mean, belief systems are a lot like eyeglasses, mm-hmm. you know, or sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You know, you put them on and, mm-hmm. and you see what you see through your lenses. Mm-hmm. And for you, that is reality. But unfortunately, we just cannot see that that's just our reality. That I'm, I'm reading a book right now, as a matter of fact, about this, about how we create our reality moment to moment in our minds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how we really do not understand that what we're seeing when we look out into the world um, is our own belief systems and our own thoughts and our own feelings. We're not seeing reality. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's a heavy subject for, for a podcast in a sense, especially on Independence <laughs> Day, but it's really important right now because, because our country is so polarized. And to me, everybody's answer is the same. You know, one side is going to have to win, and it's going to be mine. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. That's the answer. But I don't think it's the answer. It's not the answer at all. The answer is going to be adaptation and compromise, like always. Yes. It's yes. just a matter of how we're going to get there. Yes, yes. That's where the true freedom lies, in adaptation, compromise, that interconnectedness we have with each other, understanding each other more, you know, just that loosening up that tight grip. And you know, think about all the relationships that recently have ended over people's strong ideas about politics, religion, you know, um, just in the last five to 10 years, in my own little circle of people, I know how many relationships have ended because of that. And that how's that freedom? You know, <laughs> there's no right. freedom there. <laughs> it's just, we're going away from freedom. You You're know? free from everything except your own hate. <laughs> It's just so, yeah, yeah. So I guess our message is just to be, just really to embrace freedom more. Well, I think we should have an Independence Day and an Interdependence Day. (laughs) Yes, yes, I love it. Maybe like January 4th or December 4th or something like that. We should have, every every six months we should have balanced the other side of the I love it, I love it. So... 
we're living stress-free and we're all about balance and lowering your stress and bringing more rest into your life. And today is a holiday. It's so a holiday. we hope everybody is resting in some way, enjoying themselves, taking a break, a well-needed break from... And if you are working today, because there's many of our friends out there that do have to work today, you know, I hope you can make it an easygoing day and have fun with it. Yes, absolutely. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day to everybody. If you are at work right now, we thank you for your service yes. and for your contribution. If you are not at work right now, we thank you for celebrating and having a great day. That's right. So visit us at livingstressfree.org and check out our Facebook page. Living Stress Free Inc. We have great memes on there to inspire you every day. And we will catch you next time round in our next podcast, which will be happening very soon. So have a great day, you guys. Happy 4th of July. Have a